Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, we are in 2 Peter. If you have your Bibles, um, please turn there. We are continuing on our series called The Rock. I I had sent, if you are following us on our Facebook page, our groups page, um, which I would encourage you to, if you're a Facebooker or a Twitter, I don't necessarily communicate in that because it's not the groups, but you can go on any of our social media accounts. But I posted something earlier this week to say that um, I'm going to share with you um, maybe something that was probably the most significant message that I've spoken, uh, only because I feel like it's one of those small print warning signs that I've never really seen before in the Word of God, in Second Peter, and I, it really was significant to me, and, and maybe if you are uh, much more schooled in the Word than maybe than I am, maybe you're like, oh, that's no big deal, Mark, but today I feel like it's a big deal for us. Today I'm going to be talking about that it's not only important to give your life to Jesus, but we're going to be talking about the ramifications of what happens when we continue to sin after we come to Christ. Have you, if you, if you have your Bibles, Second Peter, turn there. Um, we're going to be looking at chapter 2. To me, there's a little bit of a warning sign in there. Have you ever... Um, Realized on TV commercials when they're advertising uh, drugs, especially, they get to this, everybody talks nice and slow and they have a nice happy picture of a happy couple doing something and then all of a sudden at the end it goes, you know, things you can't hear or understand. I mean, you can hear it, but you don't understand what they're saying, but they're, they're giving you all of the, uh, you know, really the side effects. There was one uh, one drug that they were advertising well, probably years ago, but one I could actually hear and they would understand, and it was like, may cause greasy discharge. I mean, who would take a drug like that, <laughs> greasy discharge? So how many people have taken ibuprofen? Raise your hands. It's, it's okay. It's, it's just a little easy pain reliever. And Well, let me tell you what is on the ibuprofen warnings. It says, contact your doctor immediately if you experience sharp or crushing chest pain, sudden shortness of breath, sudden leg pain, sudden severe headache, vomiting, dizziness, or fatigue, changes in vision, numbness of arms or legs, slurred speech, one-sided weakness, sudden unexplained weight gain. How about that one? Um, Like how, like, all of a sudden, wow, that was amazing. I just gained 10 pounds. I don't know how you gauge that one, but... Change in the amount of urine produced. I don't know if you measure yours lately, but I... um, Maybe you're just... If you're a guy, you just stand longer. I don't know. Okay, too much information. My bad. All right. Severe or persistent stomach pain. Vomiting that looks like coffee grounds. Nice. Black tarry stools gets better. Itching, redness, swollen, blistered, painful, peeling skin, yellowing of the skin of the eyes, dark urine, right-sided tenderness, severe or persistent tiredness, fever, chills, sore throat, severe or persistent nausea, swelling of hands, feet, ankles, lips, tongue, swelling of tongue, (laughs) difficulty swallowing or breathing or hoarseness. Do you want to take some ibuprofen this afternoon? 
You know, we, we like the effect that taking some of these drugs has on us, and they're there for a reason, because they help people. But we don't really sometimes understand the warning signs that come with those things. And let me draw that correlation to our relationship with Jesus. That we come to Christ and we, we see the benefits of Christ, which he takes away our shame, he takes away our guilt, he sets us free from those things. He establishes a right relationship with our Father in heaven, but, but then we said, we've said the prayer, but we actually then don't go to the word to then find the warning signs that are saying, and if you go and do certain things, what are the ramifications? What's the small print, if you will? Well, in Second Peter, he tells us something that I was like, wow, I haven't seen this before. Second Peter, and we're going to start in Second Peter 2, verse 19, 20. Well, actually, 20. It says, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so in other words, they've given their life to Jesus, they acknowledged him, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. All right, I'm going to jump up to verse 19 for a second and bring some context to this. It says, they promised them freedom. Now, when I say they, in Second Peter, he's really talking about some false prophets and teachers. They might have a portion of the truth, but not actual truth. And they're saying, you know, look out for those people that will just tell you what you want to hear. But but Peter himself is saying, can I tell you the, the true story? The true, true story is, if you start living with greed, if you start living with lust, if you start living with fear, all these things that you have been set free from when you came to Christ, he's saying the very things that had set you free... Watch out if you start sinning again because they will actually be worse the next time around. That's the kind of the small print warning. Because in verse 19 it says, They promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, if you go on, look at, I'm not going to go through the list of, of things that he's talking about, but there's, here there's greed, there's sensuality, there's you know, a form of religiousness, but not actually believing in his power. There's different things of here. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about some different things that these people are saying. You know, they kind of gave into the things of the world. And my concern for myself and my concern for you is sometimes we can come to this place of accepting Christ into our life and then realizing that well, we're free from the guilt and condemnation and we understand when we come to Christ then we know that we're going to be going to heaven. But then if we're not careful, we can still slip into old patterns or, or 
As like Soraya said this morning, I believe that was a word for us this morning, that, that these generational sins and curses will continue to haunt us and follow us if we're not careful. I want to go back to there. He's saying that there are things that once enslaved us. We came to Christ, we believed, but then we fell back into some habits, some sins, some patterns. And he is saying the warning sign for us is look out. Because it's going to get worse for you if you do this. It's going to be worse for you if you do this. Now, just in case, we are going to be talking about sin today. It might make people feel a little squeamish about it. But, but just I want to put you at ease. You see, there's three kinds of people. There's, there's one that would say, it's kind of like the Pharisees. You kind of pretend. I'm holy. I'm religious. I'm good. I read my Bible. I have my list of do's and don'ts, I mean do's that I do, and aren't I a good Christian? But you pretend you have this facade, but yet what's in your heart is not what you are wearing on the outside, and so you're actually fake. Well, not you. I'm just saying people who feel that way. Then there's another uh, group of people, and, and those would be the ones that Look at Jesus' cheap grace. In other words, hey, I came to Jesus. I know that he's going to set me free. I know he's going to save me, but now I can live any way I want to live. And I kind of got a get out of jail free card. Cheap grace, though. Because the word of God says, you know, do you keep on sinning? By, he says, by no means. By no means. But then there's a third category. So the other one is like, you just kind of like, I'm going to live my, I'm going to get drunk on the weekends. I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to greed. No problem. You know, it's all under the blood of Jesus. I can just live my life the way I want. It's covered. And I would say that's cheap grace. That's actually false. The third is this though. It's, it's just being humble. And I would say that's the category that I'd all want us to fall in is, is humility before the Lord to say, guess what? I know I need a Lord and Savior, but I also know that my flesh is weak, that I have to stay humble before the Lord because if I ever get self-righteous, that's pride and, and I know God resists the proud. If for some reason I feel like I've got it all together, that's my first clue to realize maybe uh, look out. But maybe I just need to keep posturing myself in a way that I need you, Jesus, and when I mess up, I'm quick to repent. You see, I don't believe that God's calling us to live a perfect life, but what I am suggesting is he wants us to live a protected life. Now, I'm going to get into that word protection in a moment. I want us to jump into chapter, so think about that for a moment. I want you to take all the pressure off. This is not a live a perfect message, perfect life message. This is living a protected message. 
If you turn with me to Luke chapter 11, Jesus kind of addresses this. So I have to go back to saying, why does Peter say that the, the latter is worse than the former? In other words, if you, if you profess that you're a believer and then you get wrapped back up into sin, your life is going to be worse for you. Um, we have to understand the why is that. Because Peter doesn't explain the why. But I'm going to dive into real quick Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Luke chapter 11. Jesus explains the spiritual ramifications of, of why he's saying this. Because it is not just a natural reaction that takes place. It, it is spiritual. That's why when Soraya says something can go on from generation to generation to generation, it's because it's a spiritual It's a spiritual thing. When there are curses and vows, our words have power on people. I would have to say, church, watch the words that you say. Our words have power. They can either build up or tear down. They can attract the presence of God or they can attract the presence of evil. I want to understand that we... The Bible says that our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers and principalities of the air. That we need to understand that our life is not just flesh and blood, that we have a literal battle over our soul that is going to... The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. We have an enemy. We call them demons, but really they are fallen angels that are, the Bible also says, the enemy is like a, a lion seeking to whom he will devour. He's looking for opportunities. Real quick, I'm just going to give you a lesson about the spiritual. This, the, the demonic or fallen angels or Satan only works by permissions. It's open door, closed door. If you give the, a permission... That's why our words have power, because if we are saying cursing words to something, it gives the enemy permission to work in the power of those words. Same way with building up. Our words have power. That's why curses are very real. That's why we also have to address, if there have been family curses, that we actually have to come to a place of repentance. That's where I'm going to go with this. Repentance is a thing that breaks all of these things. Okay, so in Luke chapter 11, I want us to just go through there um, real quick. So Jesus 11, verse 24, um, earlier on he's talking about um, Beelzebub. That word Beelzebub is really talking about the prince of the air or the demonic or Satan. But in verse 24, it says this, these are Jesus' words. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, so there's something that you'll have to understand that we can be hosts for unclean spirits. It passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. The house meaning the person's body. And when it comes, I find the house swept out and put in order. But it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. 
Does that sound familiar? So in 2 Peter, Peter is probably recounting what Jesus has taught him. And this is Jesus' teaching. He's giving them a kingdom principle, a spiritual principle. That it says, when we come to Christ and we get rid of all those defilements, when we get rid of all that junk from our past mistakes, and we get clean before God and we sweep our house clean, and then we have these spirits looking for where are they to rest again. And here's the interesting thing. It's like, well, if he has it clean and in order, why can he come back and come back with his friends and make it worse for him? I think there's a little bit of, it's not super clear in there, but I would say there obviously was room in the house. So I would say, well, because I'm not going to leave you guys freaked out by like, I'm going to leave out here and all of a sudden I got these like demons all over me and like, get rid of that. I'm not going to church. He's going to freak me out. Um, No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm giving you a spiritual principles here so you can walk in greater freedom. All right, so. He came back to a house that obviously was not filled. He had permission to come back into the house. So my question for you is, how do you have a full house? Besides watching the old TV show, full house. You have a full house because there's no room for the enemy to get into your house. It's full of the Holy Spirit. It's full of the word of God. It's full of peace. It's full of the fruit of the Spirit. All right, I'm going to give you one more quick principle. Then I've got a quick testimony for us. Remember, the, the, the enemy only works through permissions. So the moment you open a door to your life, it takes away some of the guard. So I want you to picture this for a moment. Picture that there is a strong man. Actually, Jesus talks about that. I'm, I'm going to have you have to do a little homework on your own. Go back into Luke chapter 11 and read this. Jesus talks about a strong man. And a strong man can be overtaken if it's not strong enough to overcome the enemy. But Jesus says, when we have the armor of God, by the way, you're going to have to look that up and hopefully you're taking notes. This is really good to take notes. Ephesians chapter 6 10 through 18, Ephesians, write that down, chapter 6. It talks about the armor of God. So here's what we need to do. Visualize this. You are standing outside of you. You're guarding your soul. You are standing outside of your soul, if you will, guarding. And on who is, what the, the, the items that you're wearing are is the armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shoes shod with peace, the belt of truth. What am I missing? Shield of faith. So think about that. You have your full armor on and guess what? That protects your soul. The enemy has no permission when you're fully armed up. You are the strong man outside of that. But what if you start giving in to greed? You now started to realize that somehow you, you've lost the truth of God, which is God's my provider. God is good, and what I have is contentment. But then if you start saying, oh, I really want to go after this, and I need more and more and more, and greed starts setting in, and you're going, uh, now all of a sudden, 
the, the truth of the word of God, you've just taken that belt of truth and it's gone. You started living a lie. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, life's getting really hard and I don't trust God anymore and, and fear's taken in and, over you and all of a sudden you start giving into that thing and now your shield of faith of believing and trusting God that he's faithful starts to go away and now you're less protected once again. You see, it's not one-time sin that allows the enemy in. Ooh, I like that. But it is a continual choice of sin will allow the enemy in because you're no longer going to be guarded with all of those, that paraphernalia that keeps you strong in the Lord. So eventually, as the fiery darts of the enemy starts winging at you, and all of a sudden you start losing some of your shield and your armor, now all of a sudden he's overtaking you and he's entering your soul. Now, I'm not going to get into oppression versus possession. I don't believe as a follower of Jesus that you can be possessed, but I do believe that you can be oppressed. Wait a second. I told you I wasn't going to get into it. I just got into it. <laughs> Carl, can you just come up here for a moment? I just will have a quick little interview uh, with Carl uh, to, to make a point here about this. Uh, give Carl a big hand, by the way. <laughs> Carl Bailey, good to have you here. So uh, Carl's life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about his story, and then he's going to talk about um, one thing that took place in his life. So uh, Carl, young man, got involved with drugs, ended up stealing, was incarcerated for uh, five years. Yeah. Is that your phone? No, that is not my phone. Oh, okay. Um, thank you for, for let not, letting that be your phone. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I just said that out loud. I... All right, moving on. So, so then you, uh, you found the Lord, um, but you, you kind of didn't completely surrender all those things from your life. Right. Right. And is that on? Is this thing on? It is. Okay. So we're good. So, so then at some point in time, you get out of uh, jail, get married, you have a family and you're somewhat living for Jesus. And then all of a sudden you start this business Business is going really well, and all of a sudden you start, your shield's going down. Tell me a little bit about how that shield has gone down. Um, so you, you started finding greed was kind of taken in. You were kind of like focusing. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I mean, the Lord changed my life, and um, his blessings started to come upon my life, and my marriage was healed, and... Um, and good things were coming into my life, but I'd never experienced success, and um, my business became very successful. And um, I started to uh, shift my focus, as one way I would put it. I didn't, I wasn't praying as much. I wasn't um, seeking the Lord as much. And slowly, the business became kind of like an idol in my life, and. Um, the money that it came, brought in and the things that I could get with that money. And I became, yeah, like an idol worshiper. I was worshiping money, um, the, the business, um, other things, you know, uh, slowly I let other small, you know, well, not small, other, I just let other sins come into my life, you know, uh, looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at as a Christian. Um, and these things separated me from God. 
So you had a life of being clean from drugs for about 12 years. And all of a sudden, little by little, the, the armor started breaking down in your life. And um, tell me about, this is probably a year and a half, two years ago. All of a sudden, how long ago was that? Yeah, um, so maybe about a year ago. A year ago, um, your world kind of came crashing down on you. You used again. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the, the armor had gotten weak and um, then more trials and things came into my uh, life. My wife was fighting cancer and um, I had no relationship with God, no power to, to overcome uh, um, because, you know, my power should have been come from the Lord, but all I had was a business and So your whatever. strong man got pretty weak. Yeah. And now the flood of his attack came in your life. Yep. You used, you ended up packing yep. up your stuff, living in your trailer, living in a hotel. Yeah, I, I, I decided um, that uh, doing drugs and you know, smoking crack cocaine and uh, stuff was more important than uh, family again. And uh, I thought that, you know, it'd be okay to, that my, my mind had become darkened. And I'd be, I, uh, I thought, hey, I can go, I'll just run my business from in the trailer and I'll live in a trailer and live under a bridge and do drugs. And yeah, so your life got pretty dark. Just ridiculous. And... Yeah. And that's what happens when you give in to the dark side, really. And It was and a slow fade, like that song, kind of. You know, like just little step by step, I slowly um, allowed the, all, all these little things to creep in. Yeah. So, thankfully, by God's grace and his mercy, you, um, you got yourself back into Teen Challenge, and you got strong again, and... But now you realize that you've got to live your life differently. You've got to be filled on the inside um, because you know that you have an enemy who wants your soul. And so what do you put in your life today that allows yourself to stay filled on the inside? Amen. Um, so going back there was a wicked humbling experience going to Teen Challenge. Um, I had been a staff member there at one point. And um, the whole time there I was just seeking like God saying, what? what did I do wrong, you know, and he showed me basically what you're saying today, you know, I allowed little thing after little thing, little thing to creep into my life and take away my relationship with God, and so um, some of the things that I've been doing is um, I don't want to let the world back in, I don't want to let all these little things creep in anymore, so I I decided, well, you know what, TV doesn't, we have this beautiful 65-inch you know, uh, HD TV in our, um, whatever, in our living room, and I, I haven't turned it on, you know, in months, um, and, uh, you know, all, that's just one thing. Yeah, and you were telling me about, in, in your truck, you, did, you list worship Yeah, worship social music. media, I don't, I don't do any social media, because yeah. the bad outweighs the good, and then um, all I do uh, now is, like, I don't turn on the radio, I just turn on worship music, yeah. just all the time, worship music, um, you know, at home, in the truck, whatever. Uh, I purposely, like, even if I'm tired, I just wake, I'll wake up early on purpose to go and seek, seek God and yeah. um, to spend time with him. And sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and, you know, I just, I almost can hear him say, just come worship me. Yeah. And I'm like, but I want to sleep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then he says, you know, it says in the Bible somewhere, don't, don't love sleep, you know, don't love, do not love sleep or whatever. But, um, well, Carl, I just, I want to commend you, first of all, for fighting the good fight. And you realize we can't do this alone. And I know you give Jesus all the glory. So, so thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us an example of 
of what will take place. Thank you. If I can have the worship team come. Um, yeah, it's, it is like the slow fade. And I, and I think what Jesus is reminding us in Luke chapter 11, and then what Peter is reminding us in Peter chapter 2, is that, because he goes on to say, I, it's almost better that you didn't come to know Christ than to know him and then give up on him. And it's not, I see, you hear that and you say, well, I haven't really given up on Jesus, but you've allowed your walls to come down to allow yourself to be influenced um, by the enemy. And I want us to walk victorious as a church. That we all need each other, and yet we're all human. Can I tell you what? I'm going to point at anybody in this room. And I'm going to let you know that you're going to struggle with something. Because you're human. I'm going to point to me and say, you know what? There are things that I still struggle with. There are temptations in my life. And I want to say that to you as a church, would you hold me accountable? Because I don't want these, the armor of my life to start crumbling where all of a sudden then one day I wake up and I, I'm going to be like, I'm living underneath a bridge. Or whatever my thing might be. Or I might do something stupid and get out of ministry. I might, whatever it might be. The reality is, is we have an enemy. The war is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual war. And we need each other. We need the word of God in our lives to know what the promises are. Remember when we said our words have power, we need to be proclaiming the word of God, which is the truth. Do you know his promises? They're yes and amen, which means when you speak his promises, there's power in that. But there's also power in the negative. This morning, I want us to respond in this way. Sin, continual sin, will allow the enemy in. It's true. We need to live a guarded life. We need to make sure the man or woman is strong, representing our soul. Jesus will be there defending us, yes. But he also asks us, to wear the armor of God. That means you need to understand what his truth is. We need to, sorry, truth is his belt. You need to come to that place of understanding what your salvation is. You need to hold with confidence your shield of faith. You need to walk with peace in your life. Don't allow life to get you in such a way that you get all worked up on the inside. church, if our life has openings and crevices and opportunity for the enemy, he's an opportunist. He will take advantage of you. 
But what I'm doing today is trying to help you understand the truth so we can stand in opposition. We can stand with confidence. We can live victorious, not defeated, not in the places where we're being taken out, but we rise to the occasion. So I'm, ask, I'm offering this to you. Whenever you see me do something, it's like, oh, Mark, I think that's maybe not great. I don't think it's as biblical as you need it to be. Can I tell you one of my, one of my struggles? And I give you permission to speak into my life. With gentleness, please. I am a sensitive person. <laughs> And just remember the whole thing about the plank and the speck. Don't be getting too hard on me when you got stuff in your life too, right? But I struggle with pride. I sometimes think that I'm much bigger than I actually am. (laughs) And God just keeps reminding me that I'm just a servant of His. But if you ever see me acting in some way that even if you feel like, oh, that just felt very prideful. Would you just graciously come to me and say, Mark, I love you. And I know I got stuff in my life, but I know you probably didn't mean it, but it kind of came across a little bit. I'll receive it. If it's done with love. If you're a hater, I might punch you. But with love, I'll embrace you. (laughs) The other thing I want to say is we all need people in our life and we need to be that open and vulnerable with people. We need to do this together, church. We have to hold each other accountable. We have an enemy that wants to take us out. And we're not going to let him. We're going to fight together. We're going to hold each other up. And we're not going to point out stuff and tear people down. We're going to understand it's an enemy who's coming after us. And then we're going to hold each other accountable to build each other up spiritually with strength. But today, as we sing this song, all your promises are yes and amen. I want us to say, if you have played in the world too long, you maybe have already gave your life to Jesus. And you know what? You've just kind of still been playing in the world too long. It might be easy things like, for me, pride. It might be other things. But guess what? Nobody judges you. Nobody knows. The Lord knows. But what he does want, he goes, I want you to repent. Repentance takes away the power of the enemy. So today we're going to make this an altar. I want you to come, kneel, just do business with God. Just say, I'm sorry that I've, I've lived this way. Before we do, I just want to say, is there anybody here who doesn't know Jesus that wants to know him as your Lord and Savior? It is a spiritual thing that takes place. You will be forever changed today when you receive him. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand real quick? You want to receive Jesus today. I won't call you forward. I just want to know. I want to pray with you. Anybody here, slip up your hand. All right, everybody close your eyes. I don't know why you guys respond when you close your eyes, but close your eyes. Anybody here want to receive Jesus? Slip up your hand now. All right, thank you. Thank you. 
All right, we're good. You can open your eyes now. So let's just pray with me real quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I no longer want to live for myself. I want to live for you, Jesus. Sorry for my past. I repent. I want to live for you. doesn't mean I'm going to live perfect, but I am going to live protected. I'm going to guard my soul and guard my heart. I want to live for you, Jesus. Today I am a new creation in you. Amen. As we come and sing this song, the Bible says, to guard our hearts above all else, because out of it is the wellspring of life. That's what I'm talking about today. Guard your heart. Let's sing this. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 